Welcome to another life-changing episode of Skidmark Show. If this episode doesn't automatically make you better looking and richer than you were yesterday, we will give you our next episode absolutely free. In fact, we'll give you all of our episodes for free because we're that good. Skidmark Show guarantees that for every episode you listen to, you'll be smarter than you were before, better looking than the ugliest person on your block, and we'll give you shinier, fuller hair too. Except for you, Jeff. That ship has sailed. Seriously, move on. So sit back and feel the awesome of Jeff Allen and Ethan D flow through your ears and into your soul because this is the best episode of Skidmark Show we've ever done. Powered by Bill. Hey, this is Stephen Jenkins from Third Eye Blind. You're listening to Skidmark Show. Hey, this is Mike Spagnola, Vice President of SEMA, and you're listening to the Skidmark Show. Hey, I'm Antron Brown, three-time NHA Top Field World Champ, and you're listening to the Skidmark Show because I am faster Hey, it's Ethan D at Skidmark Show. Welcome to our final shows of 2018 as we bring you the highlights from the Shell Pioneering Performance Live Stage at SEMA 2018 in Las Vegas. We had literally dozens of guests join us on stage every day and we're bringing you the highlights of the entire week for those of you who couldn't make it to Vegas this year. This episode is the highlights from day one from SEMA and includes our friend John Hammer guest hosting with us, Bogey from All Girls Garage, Vice President of SEMA Mike Spagnola, Adam Janai from Mob Steel, and more. Plus, I know many Many of you have seen the reveal of Steve McQueen's bullet Mustang that we did this year, but today you're going to hear it too. And you'll hear from the man who brought it out of his barn and let the rest of the world be able to enjoy this iconic piece of American movie and car history. That's coming up, but first, let's check in with our friend Bogey from All Girls Garage, right now on Skidmark Show. So what's going on in Bogey's world? Wow, that's a very broad question. Well, we like to get deep here on Skidmark Show and any gossip or anything that we can actually generate What's going on in Bogey's World? Yeah. All right, well, we're getting ready for season eight of All Girls Garage, which oh, is nice. super fantastic. And uh, we've got another build going on at the warehouse, another all-female build happening called High Yellow. Um, and that is hopefully going to be making an unveiling next year sometime, somewhere in the countryside. Stay tuned for details, but... Lots of fun stuff going on. We got classes happening. We're teaching women how to weld, how to do paint and body work. We're doing mechanical classes, all sorts of fun stuff. You know what, John? We don't have a shot at getting on this show. <laughs> right. No, uh, no, no, right no, no. Heredity prevents that. <laughs> yeah. All girls garage. There's no way we're going to get on this show. Hey, I, I, I want to ask you though, and this is a, a true story. Even in, in my world, as I was kind of coming up through the the, the ranks and, and worked for a number of different automotive you know groups, there, there, we've had a number of female mechanics yeah. over the time. It it's not as rare, certainly not now, but it's not as rare as folks seemed to think it was. Right? No, it's on the rise. Back when I started out as a tech, women made up 1.6 percent of all technicians. Oh, wow, we're up to 2.4. Oh yeah. I, Really? <laughs> oh, wait. Seems... I, I want to add something here, John, real quick. Yeah. I was super impressed. Just recently, the folks at Shell and Pennzoil took Skidmark's show to UTI in Avondale, Arizona, yeah. and we took a tour. And they have a big welding program there connected with Lincoln Welders. A pretty incredible. We had That's we awesome actually there. had a weld-off between Aaron Hagar, Ethan D., nice. and myself. Yep, yep. Somehow, Ethan must have paid off the judge, because I don't know how <laughs> anybody Ethan thought that that was... Aaron, really? Yeah, that right. Is well, Aaron, Aaron had plenty of excuses, but we're not even going to go into that. I just ripped out a JA. We did initials. So I was yeah. trying to make it easy for everybody because I thought that was something they could remember. Yeah. Well. But the whole thing oh, that I was most excited about was when we said, who's the best welder here? And they brought in this female. 
Yeah. And they said she just rocks yep. it. She yep. knows how to lay it down. And I was like, well, that's incredible. Yeah. And you think about that because, you know, we're talking about drag racing and we're talking about other stuff earlier and women have a, a better reaction time than men. Yeah. Really We're going to test that in a little bit. We are. How'd you know? <laughs> that was going to be a teaser there because you're going to go up against John Hammer. I, I and I'm going to severely disappoint this whole But anyway, getting back to UTI, it was so cool to see the women that were involved in it. Oh, it's absolutely. growing. And to see this one lady that's a welder and she's blowing all the guys out of the water yeah, yeah. in the yeah. class. It's the whole hand-eye coordination thing. We When we did the all-female build, we had a woman who took part in the build um, who was a baker I mean, she is a baker. She does a phenomenal, amazing baking. And she tried TIG welding for the first time. And I tell you, she took it, like, picked it up like nobody's business. Wow. Instantly, she was like, doink, 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 laying a stack of dimes. I'm like, how did you do Holy that so cow. easy? Yeah. She's like, I bake amazing cakes. Taking is easy. How about that? <laughs> I'll tell you. Well, was that because she has, like, the frosting? So yeah, she's really she's good that at that? She's got that coordination. Yeah. Like, it's just that detailed work that, like, TIG came naturally to her. And you just, you don't think of that as being a corollary kind of skill set, but... It is. I mean, you know, that's interesting because I tried to do the happy birthday on the cake and it <laughs> yeah. never Didn't really turn turned out, out well. well. Yeah. I tried to leave that to professionals. <laughs> a few years ago, I've received, you know, my, my background in, in motorsports is in road racing. I'm a road racer, been racing for 25 years. And I had a chance to run a 24 hours of lemons race oh, a couple fun. Of years I ago. Do that. I highly recommend it, by the way, you guys. If you ever so get the chance, Jay Lamb, great guy, totally a blast, right? Well, one of my teammates, he. He had a penalty for hogging the lane. So they brought us down into pit road and they brought us over and there is a welding setup and they've got metal pig that they then welded to the roof of our car. Yes. Sideways. <laughs> so it was like a big air brake, right? So we got this big giant metal pig up That's on what the you top get. of it. But the gal who did it, it was a gal who did it, who did the welding, and of course they referred to her as the Archangel. Oh. Nice, very cute. That's cool. <laughs> that is cool. Well, you know, it's a growing industry. You know, we talked about it here because we just unveiled my Volvo out here. I the, saw the that. VOC. It's beautiful. It's so cool. Thank you so oh, much. Man. Thank you. It was a, a passion project. And then when uh, the folks at Shell and Pennzoil approached me about teaming up with SEMA and donating it to the Memorial Scholarship Fund, I thought, you know, no better way to get the younger generation involved out there and just kind of steering people away, not from you, John Hammer, and buying a turnkey hot rod. Oh, no, no. Don't but, get me wrong. you know, building something, yeah. doing yeah. something. Think outside the box. And to work you, with you guys have been doing that for years on your show you think outside of the box all the time we try we yeah. try and actually it's funny you mentioned because we're gonna be getting ready to announce another all-female build in the very near future here at my personal shop let's announce and it now well it's not official yet but we are looking <laughs> we at doing unofficial. we are looking at doing a volvo Who are we gonna a 1961 really? volvo so when i saw yours i was like oh my gosh i thought it was going to be the only oddball doing an old volvo no and so you know now what's i weird feel like i'm in good company you are and what's crazy about the volvos is i thought i was the only oddball. Well, you are. And then an I went online, and there's a bunch of other oddballs out I there. I know, isn't it it's so cool? Crazy. So, and and I, I hope the guy that owned that car and loved it for 35 years and <laughs> its original <laughs> condition with 85 whopping horsepower and dual uh, car. It had dual I carbs though. Yeah, well, factory dual carbs. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there were. I think there were uh, one barrel carbs, so yeah. it had two barrels total. But they're so cute, aren't they? They're so cute. And they're, the styling, <laughs> and it was something yes. that I felt like I could morph into something that was still the, the the real reason we went with the Volvos. I like the styling. It kind of reminds me of the old Alphas. Sure, it's yeah. got some really mm -hmm. cool you know styling cues about it. But it also it wasn't something that I was destroying some history that I felt like was so 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 valuable. Right. You right. know, like if you took an old Alpha right now, GTV or anything like that, and you wanted to do something like that, you probably right. people are gonna 
cringe yeah. a lot more than they were with the Volvo. Yeah, totally. I, I, you I mean like when I put a BMW in a Chevy engine and people cringed? Yes. Right. Yeah, like yes. that, that same, kind same of thing. Yes, I, I did the same thing. I had a, I had a BMW, I had a 318, a 320iS. And the S back in for the E21 chassis guys, you know that's that was a rare car. Well, I found one, but it was beat up. I paid 400 bucks for it. Nice. It was not a car worth saving. So to turn it into a race car was good. But when I went looking for parts, I got him some of these vintage BMW guys, and a bunch of them gave me. I mean, they trashed me online. How oh, dare yeah. you trash this car? The other dude trashed it. I'm remasculating the thing, you know? Right. <laughs> remasculating. Wow. That's, wow. A, that's a new word. Yes, yeah. we just went deep there. We just went changing directions in this conversation. No. But that's the whole thing that I love about SEMA is because you're going to see all aspects of built. You're going to see cars out here that are period correct, numbers matching, yeah. and then you're going to see hot rod builds. You're going to see custom build, pro touring builds. Uh, I mean, if even if you just take what's in the booth here at the Shell Pioneer Performance yeah. booth. I mean, Something we're going to be unveiling the Bullet Mustang. Wow. I saw it come in hours. the other day and I just was like, that is so cool. <laughs> yeah, right? Well, yeah. from a car guy standpoint, I mean, it's one of the most iconic chase scenes of yeah. all time. Sure. So we've got that car there. Then we've got my car. Then we've got the Hoonicorn. Then we've got Tommy Pike's truck. Then we've got, you know, we've got uh, Penzilla. And then we've got Craig Jackson's Bugatti. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got Hennessy's the cars. Hennessey's there. Truck. The, the Demon Joe and Ray's the Raptor. Yeah. And Joe Ray's Lowrider. It's Skidmark Show. We've got another guest coming up. Then he's no stranger to the Shell Pioneer Performance That's live right. stage. He needs no introduction, but we're going to give him one anyway. It's Mike Spock! Hey! Hello, everybody. Our favorite Mike in the whole you, world. A favorite Mike on a mic. Come on in, Mike. <laughs> on, Mike on a mic. All right, all right. All right, Mike. You know, I'm still not coming down from that high earlier today Was that having crazy? my first ever reveal at SEMA. Was that crazy or what? I know. I know. You were talking about when you were young and you wanted to be part of this deal and then yeah what a, what a dream come true well here's the thing and and, and i i often say this off off mic but i'm gonna say it on mic right here in front of the whole world here is when i first came to see him i was blown away and the first thing i was mad at myself is why did i only start coming in 2002 right i was like why didn't i know about this right and i think more people need to know that so i, I became a SEMA member back in 02 and i was actually in line waiting to meet chip Fos. Right. That's awesome. And after sitting there and, and, and meeting him and his demeanor and watching the show and what he did with cars, I was I was like, I can do this. I want to do this. I want to yeah. be that. I want to be on that side. I want to be signing autographs. Right. So I fast forward eight years later. I am the guy on the other side That's of the so road. Awesome. I'm doing that. So then what do I say to myself? Right. I want to build a car for SEMA. Right. So then we do that. And then I was like, oh, this is cool. So now what what better way to like you know, the biggest bucket list ever is to have a reveal at yeah, SEMA absolutely. with Mike Spagnola from SEMA, uh, right? You. Your story, you're going to make dreams come true for the next generation. I mean, when that's this car goes off, yeah. That's the whole deal. Is it, you know, right, and I thought that back. was such a cool thing that you guys are involved with. You know, last year we teamed up with you over for SEMA Cares, and we did a crazy road rally. Yeah, you did, and, and you won. And we did. We raised $10,000 for SEMA Cares, and uh, it was such a cool thing to do, and you guys do the Pinewood Derby race, we which do. as a kid growing up in the Cub Scouts, that was so cool. So, so, we, so you know, that started by kids ran the Pinewood Derby in, in Scouts, right? And, the, and we were told, the first year I was told, the kid, the parents couldn't be involved, and so I made my kids do it, right? And we finished close to last. And, and, and I'm going home, and my my son says to me, "Dad, I thought you were in the car industry. I thought we could do this, right?" And so I went back the next year, and of course we built the car together, and we won the whole thing. 
So they ended up having a parents uh, race, right? And that kind of gave us the inspiration to do this for for Seaman Cares and for Pinewood Derby. That is so cool. And you know, the, the cool thing is last year you guys had an anniversary out here. We did. We had our 10th anniversary of, of Seaman Cares of the Pinewood Derby. And, uh, t you know, to date between uh, the Shell Oil brands and yourself and great partners like Barrett Jackson, we've raised nearly $3 million for SEMA Cares. $3 wow. million. Dollars. Yeah, yeah, that's wow. Awesome. So now with the Memorial Scholarship Fund, you guys have re reached, I mean, you've touched a lot of lives on that. So with this year alone, we gave out $300,000 in scholarships. Oh my goodness. Yep. That's cool. So just uh, how does how does somebody get involved in the reception, the receiving area of, yes. of that? So go to SEMA.org and uh, we have a uh, spot there for the scholarship program. You can now enter as a high schooler. It used to be you had to be in college. And now your senior year of high school, you can you can join for that. We're helping at trade schools as well now. And uh, you know, my my son, nine year old son Evan, yep. loves cars. That's just awesome. a car maniac. So I'm gonna tell him, you know what? You don't need to waste your time and money in, in college, a big university. We're gonna go UTI. We're gonna go yeah, SEMA. We're gonna get work with that. So what's the, what's the best way for him? I mean, he's only nine. We can get him started already. Though. Yeah, absolutely. We've already got youth outreach programs. And again, if you go to SEMA.org, there's mm -hmm. some of those on there. Uh, we're going down to the grade school level now, and awesome. we're really working through that. You know, the the, the whole thing with uh, schools and education in the automotive industry. There's been a lot of people that have talked about the fact that uh, the, that the auto shop programs and all that are gone. I got to tell you, they're back. They are. We just did a um, survey and uh, we just released the report. There are 2,800 auto shops in the high school uh, area throughout the U.S. Awesome. Oh, nice. So it's, it's coming back around. It's coming back around. And of course, we got UTI. There are other... Uh, community colleges. You know, I, I try to tell, uh, I get a chance to talk at some high school levels and to talk to parents. And I tell people all the time, you know, if your kid's m meant for a four-year college, great. But there are so many kids that aren't meant for a four-year oh, yeah. college and they should learn a trade. And Absolutely. we hope they learn the automotive trade. You know, and the numbers prove that there is actually more people that should be working in trades. You know, we do need the, the upper level, your computer programmers and stuff. Absolutely. But you look across the country, there's more good blue-collar, hands-on, turning wrenches types of jobs. Well, well, let me tell you something. If you look at the, the technical aspect of that, a computer program is a big part of that program, too. Because oh, yeah. these cars, you know, I remember I was working for Chevrolet. I was selling cars for, and uh, when they introduced the 1990 Corvette, and they said that this car had more computers on it than the space shuttle. Yeah, that's right. So when you think of that and you think of that aspect of it, you know, everything we have is computer controlled nowadays, oh, right? absolutely. We're connected to our iPhone. We're connected yep. to all that. Uh, in fact, Megan, we, it was funny, we were in a track with the GTR and Megan in the, was in there setting up the tune. And these kids came around and they're like, is she your tuner? And <laughs> I'm like, awesome. yes, she yep, is. Yes, awesome. she is. Just send up the tune. So th that's as big an aspect as, of, of anything because yep. I've seen guys tune a car with a laptop. You know, when I grew up, it was my dad tuning a car with, you know, adjusting the carburetor yeah, right, and yep. listening to it. So we've come a long yeah, the way. the timing light and the yeah. twin, yep. And you know, now with ADOS technologies, with all these lane change departure warning and self-braking and all those sort of things, you're going to have to have that knowledge if you're going to modify your vehicles. Well, what about what you guys did here last night with an all-electric Copo Camaro? Was that crazy? What? Yeah, yes. Yeah, GM wow. announced it. Yeah. Holy cow. Yeah, that was a splash. That yeah, was Yeah, they huge. brought out... A full electric Copo Camaro. Okay. Yeah, drag racer. On that note, I got to ask you, because as we've come in and out every day, we walk up and down here, you have signs over there that say self-driving vehicles only. Yep. You have self-driving cars here? No, I think, you know, I don't know about that. I saw that as well, but I don't think they're here yet. Okay. So, <laughs> I, uh, I wanted to go for a ride in one. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, the, the whole ADOS technology and even these self-driving cars, 
Quite honestly, they're still years away. I know we all worry about it, and and we wonder what's going to happen to our industry. You're going to see technology. You're seeing it now, right? We're again, we're seeing self-breaking. We're seeing lane change. You know, mm-hmm. the the systems ones and the level two. ADOS technologies. Full driving cars are not going to be for the masses for years and years no, and years. No, no. So, um, you know, we, I mean, they're going to be here. They're going to be great. They're going to be great for inner city. They're going to be great for Uber in certain areas, but uh, it's still a ways away. But hopefully somebody here at SEMA 2018 is going to be the one to finally bring us flying cars. We were supposed to have flying cars right. right now, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. Well, you, well, Jeff, I've seen you drive sometimes, and, uh, <laughs> I know, right? you know, and uh, I think you've done that. Well, I'm hoping to uh, this weekend at uh, Las Vegas at yeah. the Speedway, yeah. if, if we get a golden ticket. We don't know. We don't know. It's a, up for grabs, but we want to see the V06 in action. That'd be I awesome. think it'll be cool. Jeff did win a golden ticket to the Optima Ultimate street car invitational with the volvo v06 i also want to see you out there driving it at some point yeah yeah that's a deal for yeah. sure yeah absolutely. i want to see what you think yeah absolutely that. yeah so because this has been this is one of the coolest joint ventures i've ever done in my life and it was such a pleasure because it goes to such a great charity we have such a family behind us with the shell yeah, family do, do. and their support and everything else that they do i mean what a way yeah. to bring in the year right yeah, absolutely and the great hearts oh you know, yeah they, they do this they do this out of the kindness of their heart all right ladies and gentlemen skinwalk show is still in the house right here at the shell pioneer performance live stage now this is going to be somebody everybody's going to want to hear from because he is a toy maker of he's sorts. a toy maker he's yeah. a toy maker of yeah. sorts david right. Ankin, come on up and join us the toy maker how you doing guys oh you got how a little fan base out there yeah, all right friends, that's right. what i like to hear how how's everybody doing? doing where are we in the middle you, you're yeah. anywhere you want to go sir you're the you're the celebrity here yes <laughs> So, I don't know. Did you look around here? There's a bunch of celebrities. Well, you're you're on that list. That these guys all out here are celebrities in my hey, book. You have your own cheering section. That counts for us, right? I like it. There I you like go. It. Toy makers. That's right. We are. We just moved to History Channel. Big move for us. We're on FYI and History Channel, and uh, we're blessed. I mean, we're humbled, blessed, and hey, we're at SEMA in the beautiful weather. How do you beat this? Oh, it's perfect, isn't it? Absolutely. Hey, hey. and look. Tell me this isn't amazing. You guys rock. It now, is amazing. Thanks to the folks at Shell and Penzoil, it's very right. amazing. You, sir, are probably the smartest man in the world because you took the concept of I want to build fun toys that everybody wants to play with, and you're making money on it. How did you get started with this, building just the most fun toys to play with? And you're like, yeah, it's a business. You know, you're right. You know, as you grow up, you, you, of course, I don't think I'll ever grow up. Nope. But you know, you want to you make a living doing what you do. So a lot of guys have car shops or bike shops. And we happen to do it all. We build toys. Just have to put motors on them. I don't care if it's a bike, a trike, a hot rod, a rat rod, a, a door slammer. It's about having fun. So if you can make a few dollars at it at the same time, then surround it with an hour-long television show. It's a win for everybody. Well, and you know what? I think that the old adage was the only thing that's different between men and boys is the price of their toys so i still think that we look at it from a standpoint of all these things are toys they're just they're bigger they're grander you know know? yeah no question i mean a toy toy to me or a toy to you is absolutely some guy could be a tractor for me happens to be a hot rod so uh it is about toys and as we get older like you said the price just goes up so i uh I love some toys. Yeah, me too. I cannot get enough of them. And, you know, I used to collect those Hot Wheels, and I used to have that really cool circular case. 
And then I'd fill those up and I'd have to get another circular case. The wheel. And on the wheel, and on, carrier. Yeah, the wheel carrier. Yep. Remember that from Hot Wheels? Oh, yeah. Now I'm trying to do that in real life. Trying me to too. make life-size Hot Wheels. Tell me that isn't badass. Me too. That's why when we yes, just we built the V06 over here, I wanted to, I was like, this is my version of a Hot Wheel. And every car we built lately, it's been like, it's it's a Hot Wheel. It's a, it's a life-size drivable Hot Wheel. And you know what's cool about a Hot Wheel? You don't have to like it. Somebody, I don't have to like somebody's ride. It's about what that guy likes. It's his personality. It's his dream. It's his passion. And if you look at Hot Wheels, they're really dramatic. Yeah. The changes throughout Hot Wheels. Same thing when we build cars. There's no right or wrong. No, it, there it, never is. No, absolutely. I don't care what it is. If it goes fast and it runs right and it acts right. I'm in. Hey, you know what? I can appreciate every aspect of the car industry, you know, and, and I, I can appreciate the, the well-preserved cars. I can appreciate all the ones that are built, whether it's a low rider, if it's a hot rod, if it's a crazy over-the-top custom. I mean, we've seen some very strange cars over the years just right through oh, yeah. SEMA. And, you know, last year at Barry Jackson, they actually auctioned off a wooden car. Yep. Remember that? Yeah. So when you look at this aspect, uh, you know, do what you love. Do what you're passionate about, and guess what? Who cares about the rest? You're right. absolutely right. And if you think about it, here at SEMA, you do see every end of the spectrum. A big monster truck. Uh, like you said, they sold a wooden car. It doesn't matter. you got to appreciate that the guy's passionate about it. That's his world. Yes. How did you get your start? What was the first toy you built, and you thought, man, I just want to do this you know, for the rest I was, of my life? I was a kid with a bicycle with a little cart in his spokes. I mean, yeah. that, that was my first real toy. You know, Then you took a set of forks and cut them off and hammered them on the end and made a child out of it so you know for me i've been a toy maker my whole life my claim is is that we're all toy makers every one of us so you know we all have our version of a toys so mine was a bicycle believe it or not you just trademarked the name first right <laughs> i did yeah. now it's like I, everything i touch i we we turn it into a toy I okay so you. what's your favorite toy like your personal collection what's your favorite toy that you like to play with i promise it's this season we're doing two cars this season but one that is, is our season finale car I've always wanted a front-engine dragster for the street. So an Ooh. old digger style sit behind the rear tires. Uh -huh. I'm doing a twin-seater, so two-seaters, sit behind the things, old, really rat-fink style, nasty, almost 3,000 legitimate horsepower on the street. Wow. It's going to be a bad mamma jamma. I so are you sitting over the rear axle? But You're sitting neat, neat. Normally, you know, you sit against the pumpkin. Right. All the bad spots. Yes. Uh, so now... You, you, the pumpkin's between you with a shifter on, and you got a person on each side. Okay, and, so you got a little bit more comfort. A little you know, more because, comfort. <laughs> yeah. but, but truly an animal of a car. It's 2,000 pounds. It's everybody's involved from, from Holly to, I mean, it, it's, you know, it, it, it's amazing to me. You know, Mickey Thompson's involved, Race Pack's involved, all the big heavy hitters to, to truly drive it to the track. Run in the fours and drive it home. Not trailer it there. Run so in the fours. Run in the fours and drive it home. So wow, we're wow. going to try to do it on air this year. That's going to be a serious toy right there. That, my friends, is being a toy maker. That's so yes, cool. That is so cool. And okay. it's cool to see you're passionate about yep. what's going on up here. Did, how, how could you not be passionate? Look at this. No, and, and you know what is also cool is you're on a channel history, which is a great network. Um, I know some of the guys over at the History Channel, and, uh, you know, it's cool to, to work with somebody that you like. And that's very important in production because, as we know, oftentimes with reality television, you, you get the question about uh, drama. Mm. And everybody's out wanting to force drama in these deals. And I always say, guys, if you throw a build in a shop with a bunch of opinionated car builders, you don't need to add drama. No, it's Kardashians there. are not necessary. Yeah. 
That's true. If I argue with somebody in my shop, he don't work for me. So, <laughs> you know, I, mean, I hate to say that. So that's exactly, you bring up a point. We have we, we don't argue in our shop. We have enough, I will break something. I will tear something up. I'm going to hit something. You know, I, I love your attitude. If you get a bunch of car builders building something, there's drama. It, and it isn't about arguing so much as it is the drama of the build. So, well, yep. or it's just a, a nice discussion on the direction. Oh, yeah. playful so, banter. Yeah, yes, there you go. Yeah, playful banter. It's a like, passionate debate about which color. Because, no, for example, my one of the guys, my lead guy in my shops, Eric Gables, everybody knows that. He's my mad scientist. And he is a techie guy. You know, very mechanical. He can do anything. He can rebuild anything in the world. He's never said no to me about anything whatsoever, whether we're doing a 30K service on my Testarossa to whether we're building that V06 out of a 13 Corvette, whatever. But at the same time, there's a lot of Eric Gables in that car. And let me tell you why. Because for one thing, I was completely happy with the old school handle pulls and the roll-up windows. And Eric's like, no, 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 no. We're going to take everything out of this Corvette chassis and we're going to put it in this car including the, the door handles, including the window switches. He's like, otherwise we got to bypass it because the car won't start if one of the window switch doesn't work on a Corvette. Did you know that? I didn't know that. that that's absolutely insane. So now I got to go look at this car. So every aspect of the car, even when you see the old school from here, you can see the old school door handles. But behind that is the Corvette 2013 Grand Sport pad. So when you push in the button, you can hear it electric open. The lights come on. Everything works with the car. It has the, the, the security system. It, it's pretty incredible. It even has the, the, the sensor on the dash will let you know when your windshield wipers for, you know, when they can detect That's the, crazy. the lights. That's crazy. Uh, yes. But people don't realize, you know, honestly, some of the, and some of the best builders I know are, you'll never hear of, the garage guys that did Hayden. Older gentlemen love to build it in a garage. But the everyday guy that doesn't understand the work you put into that to make that happen was probably pretty intense. I promise you, it wasn't easy. Our All next right. guest is a big friend of ours, and by big, I mean you've been working out. He's been working out a lot. Yeah. From Detroit Steel Wheel, Adam Janai. Hey, man, whoa, what are you even doing in the off time? It's like, I feel like I'm watching, like, the, the Predator movie when uh, <laughs> Arnold and... Uh, the other guy did the arm thing, you know. I got I got a lot of young guys uh, working for me. Got to keep, keep up. You got to keep up. What are you doing? Look at those wheels around. You just uh, really. I've been yeah. I've been playing more hooky from work. Really? Yeah, going like a ten eleven. Well, you know what? It's so cool to have you back on the show. Yeah, Skidmark show. It's all, it's kind of like a reunion hey, where we all meet up with you. So come on over here. And have have a seat. Seat. I wouldn't miss this for the world. This is my. This is like become a tradition. Yes, yep. isn't it? I, isn't I, it? And I think like we need to have a reunion. I get you know I get excited. <laughs> about uh, a lot of stuff at SEMA. This is definitely one of them, honestly. Oh. Well, this is awesome. awesome. I'm so glad about that. Well, we got to hang out with you when we were in Detroit, too, for yeah. the uh, the Eco Marathon, which Shell was Eco Marathon. Detroit, yeah, we yeah. brought you in because you're a local boy there. Mile from my <laughs> shop. So Whoa. what has the Janai family been up to? I mean, we haven't talked to you guys in a while. We, you're back here. So we've been we've been extremely busy. Obviously, we got two businesses we're trying to run. Uh, we've got a lot of new things cooking for 2019. Um, the wheel business... Uh, you know, we are uh, committed to fighting that, uh, making the product here in America. And that's been, um, it's been a battle, you know, so our demand has always exceeded our supply because we've committed to making that product here in the U.S. That is so, so cool. So the mission, like it was last year we talked, really has been trying to manufacture more domestically. So when we started out, it was an idea. We made a couple hundred and now we have suppliers that we've tapped out.
So we're building new machinery. We're exploring new options. We're trying. We're trying um, uh, different processes. So. In 2019, we're committed to shortening that delivery time from the time that product's ordered to getting it in our customers' hands. And uh, you know, because of our growth and because of the success of the brand, uh, we've attracted some really awesome manufacturing partners um, that are committed to working with us to solving some of these problems. And this isn't little problems. I mean, we're talking you know thousands and thousands of parts, and this has to be done you know with quality in mind, uh, keeping focused on our customers. So. You know, we, we feel like that's, you know, that's something we're, we're trying to improve, trying to improve. So that's one of our big battles we're fighting. Well, and the other thing, too, though, it, it, there's also a, a really cool allure when it comes to wheels. You know, I'm a, I'm a big wheel fan. When you can't get something. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and you want it even more when you can't have it. And so, you know, I know you're talking supply and demand, but it's kind of cool that you're in that realm where you're like, hey, I, I can't really make this happen right now because we are so busy. Yeah, and I mean, I, of course, we're super excited about the success of the product. And, you know, really, our only goal is to get something in people's hands that was affordable. It was organic on the car. Um, and we just wanted to make something here. You know, I grew up manufacturing in the manufacturing world. So when we skipped into the car building world, it was really like a hobby turned business. Um, so when we started manufacturing parts, I mean, I was really at home doing that. So we know what it takes to get it done. Uh, really, again, it's just a commitment of doing it here, our mission. And, you know, we're, it's, it's working. I mean, we're building new machines. We're, we're, we're adding technology. We're working with bigger companies. So, I mean, you know, this is really exciting. The next 2019 through 2020, Hopefully we can get that supply up and we're going to launch a lot of new products. We have products for vertical markets in the 4x4, uh, 8, 10 lug, uh, Jeep, JK. We got some really cool things happening and we just can't, we just can't make enough here in the U.S. And unfortunately, we're not going to go outside you know, uh, uh, of uh, the, the domestic Now, supply. when you sat down, let's back up a little bit. When you sat down and decided, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make my own wheel, how did that come about? I mean, I, I just don't think about making my own wheels. In well, my spare time, I mean, how did you do that? Go from plan to execution. Well, again, my my background comes from the automotive industry. So, you know, I I came from running before I started my company. I came from running a I was an operations manager of uh, three plants, and at one plant we would load and unload 180 semi trucks in 24 hours. And this is this is the environment we live in. So. You know, manufacturing, doing things on volume, the quality, delivering, this is something I grew up in. So when, when we got, when we, we were looking for this wheel, I was looking for this wheel forever. And it's almost like I was waiting for somebody to come out with it and it just didn't happen. So right. eventually I'm like, why am I waiting? Like I understand the whole process of how to make this product. You know, uh, we've been exposed to everything from injection molding to stamping and, you know, slush forming and, you know, you name it. Like, you know, we're in all these facilities. We understand. I'm like, why don't we just make it ourselves? And, uh, you know, of course, Mob Steel's mission is always about celebrating the automotive industry, celebrating the men and women that built these great vehicles and just having fun. So, you know, that, that translated over to the wheel company and we were going to make it here. We wanted to, you know, make a product that kept, you know, that wealth in, in these communities in the U.S. And that's, you know, what built a, a great manufacturing powerhouse back in the day. So we're just we're just taking the old school approach, and we're growing growing slow, and we're trying to make sure that we stay focused on our customers and you know deliver them that product that was made here in the in the best way we can. So we have we have room to improve, and and we put our thumb on that for 2019. And but the process really for us, um, 
the difficult thing was just finding the resources to make it here. We know we knew how to get it done, but you're talking about two different volumes. You're talking about an aftermarket industry where we want to make a few hundred to start with. We're from Detroit where you make millions of things. You don't make hundreds or thousands. You know, so if I walk into suppliers in my hometown and I say I want a thousand, I don't register on their, I, they don't hear me. Mm-hmm. I have to say millions, you know, I have to speak in volumes that's massive. So we've been trying to marry those two worlds together from the get-go because I understand the power of the OE environment I'm from. I understand the quality, price points. You know, it, it's an amazing thing. Trying to marry that to aftermarket is very difficult. Because I'm just don't we don't do that volume in this industry, but we're getting closer and closer. We have uh, tier one uh, suppliers that do our coatings. Uh, we're working with some other large companies in other industries that do a similar process, but don't make a product for the past car. So we're getting creative. We're we're looking at all different industries that may have a process similar to ours, forming metal, and we're partnering up with them, saying how do how do we use some of your process to deliver, you know, maybe not maybe not a finished component, but you know, maybe some of the raw material and the shape and form we need it and the volume we need it. So we're getting as creative as we can to reduce that delivery time to our customers. Speaking of Detroit, first let's bring Hank Hanro up here. Come join us on stage. He's going to talk about a lot of this too. But I wanted to ask you real quick. Everybody here on, probably yeah. owes a debt to the city of Detroit. Absolutely. I mean, that city is the, is the reason that the automotive industry in America is what it is. How is it? For you, I mean, you guys are keeping it in Detroit. You're making it in Detroit. Are you seeing the industry start to bounce back in the city alone? Oh, yeah. It's it's amazing. Back at home, we went from, you know, uh, businesses closing. And, you know, the, the 99 to, you know, 2011 was, you know, it was tough. It was tough. And we grew a business during that time, so we know it better than anybody. Uh, but now it's a totally different environment. We actually have suppliers now in the area that are so busy that they no-quote stuff. Wow. And I haven't seen that since the 90s. So, you know, it's a good sign. We see we see uh, prices compressing on all of our raw materials, which is fine. You know, I would rather pay a little more money for those raw materials, have them made here in the U.S. And I'm not the only person that thinks that way. Trust me, everybody knows that if you add value to that material, it doesn't affect you. So I will pay a few dollars more for each steel part instead of bringing it in from overseas, because that few dollars doesn't affect me. I have value added, and that's what builds real wealth. You need well, to take the raw materials. And if you have a quality product, that's what's most important, and that's what everybody's looking for. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Speaking of kind of switching gears from wheels here for a minute to a guy that is a master with a Dremel. That's right. I mean, Try to be, try to be. Try. <laughs> Completely made in America right How do here. you try? What do you mean try, man? You, you've been oh, we tr- doing it. We're doing, doing it. We're doing it. You're bringing it, it sure. hard and heavy. You got to have like a surgeon's hand, man, because I would, I would mess that stuff up in a heartbeat. Just about, yeah. There's very little room for error. So. Yeah. Do you have that thing where you have like your elbow braced and then like a pinky stick on something? I mean, how, how do you? Pinky's always out. Pinky's always out. Always All out. Right, we good. keep it fancy. You gotta be proper. We keep it fancy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what have you been working on, man? So uh, what we brought this year was a 2018 expedition. Yeah. Uh, so I've been doing, you know, a couple trucks the past few years, and then uh, the wife needed a vehicle, so we really just decided to go with the expedition with the family and stuff. But uh, definitely Dremel engraved as well. We hit the wheels, we hit the res- uh, reservoirs, and then I'm doing live engraving on the body throughout the entire week. So we should get you two together. You go and engrave some of the Detroit steel wheels and Love just have like this all day. Love to, love to. We actually, that's actually one of the things I was looking at. I actually look for the engraving work on cars every year at SEMA. Hell yeah. Blows my mind. That's Blows awesome. My mind. Now, now, Hank, is there a chance that we could get like a Skidmark show logo engraved into your expedition by any chance? 
No, no. that's a no. That's a big no. <laughs> okay. Well, hey, it, you gotta go with the honesty factor. Oh, oh, we can we can hook up the front of the table. We can do some oh, other we can things. Agree I want it on your expedition. Yeah. Sounds like a request. I thought so too. Why don't we walk to the parking lot and just find a car and let you go to town? Exactly. Right. What about Ethan and I's face? Does that work? That would be good. That would be nice. I don't do that on your vehicle. Well, because you're doing it live. I hope so. I hope you do. I want you to do it from memory. What do you think? I think we can work something out for next year. That's for sure. Okay. All right. There you go. <laughs> we heard right there. Well, no, what we need to do, we need to get a set and we'll order them early. Yeah. We'll yeah. get the Detroit Steel Wheels. We'll get you. Send them to you. We'll send them to you. F Skidmark Show, Detroit Skid Steel Wheels. Show. Yes. And, Grave by and then we'll build something sick and build put a car it on around the wheel. Yes. That's, that's how I like Let's that. Let's start like with that. wheels. See I've never, 2019, we're coming. <laughs> I've never done it this way, but you know what? You're going to hear it first right here in Skidmark Show. Yep. We're going to start with Detroit Steel Wheels Done. engraved by you. Yep. And we don't know what car. We might just show up and unveil a four wheels. <laughs> yeah, that would be kind of cool. You know, you, you can put but, them on uh, my Tahoe. Yep. Yeah, I'm, I'm hip. It's, it's easier to ship if yeah. you just have the wheels, right? <laughs> but what a concept! Think about that. Now, no, we'll, can you let's get it Can done. you basically engrave any kind of metal? Yeah, so, I mean, pretty much anything and everything. I typically have known for my steel and aluminum work, but anything from wood to plastics to glass, any, I mean, literally any material. So, and nice. how did that start? I mean, was that just something you picked up? And I kind of just bounced back. So I did 10 years in the Army, uh, got out, went to welding school, fabbed up something for my son, and my instructor was like, hey, write something on the back with a Dremel. And I did, and I was super broke at the time. It was right around Christmas, so I just started making friends and family gifts and putting it online. People found me, and then Dremel found me, and it's been well, kind of game I over from there. Got to tell you something. Uh, you had to be pretty happy when Ford announced they were making alloy body most vehicles. Yeah, yeah, you were most like, hey, I got one. something for you. <laughs> if you ever need an apprentice, uh, Jeff and I went head-to-head -head welding, and I, I totally smoked him on that, so I've got a pretty good hand. <laughs> All right, I like it. I like welding. it. He paid off the UTI instructor because his D almost slid <laughs> off my, the uh, No, my the D was perfect. My right. E was a little crap. Now that we, was, yeah, now, yeah, right. <laughs> Now, I know many of you might have already seen the video on our Facebook page and our website, skidmarkshow.com, but for those of you who haven't, here is the audio, and of course, we'll link to the video of the reveal of one of the most iconic movie cars ever, Steve McQueen's Bullet Mustang, right now on Skidmark Show. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it's the time you've all been waiting for. We are very proud to be celebrating the debut of one of the most iconic movie vehicles of all time, the Bullet Mustang. In fact, we've been celebrating it all year long. So real quick, let's chat with Shell, the president of the Historical Vehicle Association and the vehicle's current owner of this legendary car. Let's welcome everyone, Mark Henry, the brand and communications manager for Shell Lubricants. Mark Gessler, the president of the Historic Vehicle Association. And Sean Curran, the owner of the legendary Mustang known as the Bullet. All right, guys, welcome. It's an honor to share the stage with all three of you. Today is going to be legendary. It's just like what's under that car cover over there. That's completely legendary. Mark Henry, why don't you share a bit more about why Shell is spotlighting this car today? Ah, why? Um, it's been 50 years since the iconic movie came out, um, and uh, it was 1968. It was probably the most popular film amongst my first grade class. Yeah, um, but anyway, it's back, and... I mean, you're, you're still in shock and awe over the fact that the bullet is here in I the Shell Pioneer Performance so, but Pavilion. It, but anyway, it, it also is the... It's been 50 years. It's time to make its SEMA debut. 
All right, here we go. So without further ado, Mark Gessler, tell us a bit about the HVA and Shell's relationship with the Bullet Mustang. Well, uh, our, our Shell relationship goes back four years. We, we came out here with the Shelby Daytona Coupe. We came out here with the Marmon Wasp, the first Indy winner, and last year we had the McGee Roadster. And so, but back in 2016, two years ago, literally it was uh, Sean and me and the group from Shell in the back room back there uh, trying to silently let people know that this the real deal existed. And in fact, we uh, we were reaching out with some friends here to Ford and, you know, shooting off a couple of emails and things like that and seeing what happened. And well, two weeks later, uh, Sean was off at Ford and things really took a roll from there. And amazingly, the whole thing kept a secret up until January this year. So it was literally here at SEMA in 2016 in the back room here at Shell where this project started to emerge. And since then, we've put it on the National Historic Vehicle Register. It was the 21st car. It's recorded in perpetuity for the American people uh, as the 21st car on the National Historic Vehicle Register. And, and all that documentation, Sean was there. We put it in the Library of Congress. It was uh, some cool days down there in Washington. All right, thank you so much, Mark. And now we're gonna get to the legendary owner of this legendary car, Sean. You own this amazing vehicle. I mean, that right there is something in itself. But tell us a little bit more of the history of this vehicle. Yeah, uh, <clears throat> so this has been in my family since 1974. My mom and dad, uh, it was their daily driver through the 70s. Um, my mom drove it to school every day during the 70s, uh, on, during the week. My dad's the one that did not the motherly driving on the weekends. And they put... 46,000 miles on it. I mean, they drove it. It was their car. It was part of the family. In 77, McQueen actually reached out to my father to buy it back, and my father gracefully declined. But it, uh, thankfully, you know, for that. But in 1980, uh, it, you know, when I was born, and it really wasn't a practical family car. So uh, as we uh, continue to learn, we don't really get rid of anything. We hang on to everything. So dad parked this car, uh, got a Plymouth Horizon, and that's what I came home from the hospital in, not a 68 Fastback. And that sat in my garage, our garage, uh, my whole life. And, uh, you know, not until uh, actually through a, an amazing series of events, I met a, a, a couple of just amazing guys. And those were the first guys I told outside of my family. And that was December 2015. And that's the first people that had ever seen the car in my garage. And right after that, one of the first people I called because, you know, Kevin Marty and who he is for Mustang, uh, as far as just not authenticating, but, you know, this is something as much for him as it is just for me. So to have this car and have Kevin and Kevin seeing it and Kevin tearing up because Mustangs mean so much to Kevin, then through Kevin Marty, my next question is, how do you insure it? That's obviously through Haggerty Insurance. So Kevin knows McKeel Haggerty. He calls him. And then through McKeel Haggerty, I meet this gentleman to the right of me. And since then, it's been an absolute whirlwind. But bringing out of my garage, this is my 11th year at SEMA. So I've been the guy in the background kind of sneaking around and seeing people, mostly over in paint and body. But this year for me, seeing it in this light, is an absolutely different thing. I mean, it's just, you know, coming from a whole nother level. And to be able to share it with something, I feel like this is almost like a second home for me on the West Coast coming here. Uh, it, it's just a, an amazing goosebumps 
anxiety, everything at the same time. It's just been an amazing thing. So to have it here is amazing. Well, and no better platform than with the folks here at Shell. We're pioneering performance. It's what it's all about right here. Are you guys ready to see the real star of this show? Huh? You guys remember that epic chase scene where he outran that Dodge Charger? Are you guys ready to show it? Are you guys ready to do it? This is the moment. Absolutely. Y'all, this is you it. You ready, Sean? This is it. You ready, Mark and Mark? Yeah, Mark Let's and Mark. do it. All right. Are you ready, crowd? Get a load of that, ladies and gentlemen. How cool is that? I mean, it's just kind of uh, one of those surreal moments. You know, you grow up seeing a, a movie like this. It was so iconic. Such a great actor, Steve McQueen, who was also a car guy, uh, a phenomenal car guy. Loved to race as much as he liked to do movies. Or maybe he liked to race a little bit more than he liked to do movies. Yeah, but I think he was a racing driver that was an actor. That, you know, acts sometimes. That would probably be it. But so, you know, uh, some of the things that we we're going to talk about here is uh, tell us a little bit more about, you know, what the plans are for this car and, and, and what the future holds. Yeah. So as you see her, and, and she is a she, by the way, I have to clear that up pretty fast. Um, as you see her, this is what you see. This is, this is how she's been in my garage. Uh, I saw this car for the first time in my life when I was seven. And it was on a trailer, and we had brought it down from my grandfather's place in New Jersey. And this is exactly like then is how it looked now. And, and for me, uh, not touching the paint, leaving it original, you know, I, I can appreciate people that have millions of hours in every car here and, and, and so slick and amazing looking. For me... What this car means to me is, is basically the timeline of my life. Every scratch, dent, nick, everything is everything that's meant to me from the beginning. And that's why I'll always leave her in this condition. And that's what I love. And being in that arena of preservation over restoration actually kind of drives you a little bit more crazy than actually building a car from scratch because this isn't something that you can, you know, if you dent or drop or, or crush a fender or something, it's almost impossible to replicate. So being able to make sure that she just stays together and doesn't, you know, like I open the trailer and there's a chunk of Bondo on the ground or anything. So just making sure that I, I keep her in this state is, is my day to day. How does she feel when she hits the pavement and she's out on the road? Let's talk about driving this bad boy. Yeah. So, uh, starting off the year, obviously I was in, in Detroit, uh, didn't do much driving then. And, uh, you know, that's always what shocks people is, so at Goodwood Festival of Speed, I did in July, is the car would be sitting there, and then all of a sudden, they would see me with a helmet on, and they'd be like, what are you doing? And actually taking the car up and down the track. So I went up the track 10 times, and obviously came down 10 times, too. She did amazing, and, and it, it feels amazing. And every time I get in it, I feel like I'm stealing my father's car, which is a feeling that won't go away. I've been trying, it won't. Because it smells exactly like it did back in the 80s. I mean, it smells exactly the same. So for me, the first person I took up the hill was my mother. So my mom and I being in the car and being at the Goodwood Festival of Speed in front of thousands of people, taking this up the hill, uh, it, was, it was just absolutely amazing. And she feels amazing. She's the star. I stand next to it, tell the story, keep it between the ditches, and that's all I do. She does what she was built to do. Nice. So, um, 
you know, the relationship with Sheldon Penzoil, it's so important when you're talking about uh, taking care of such a legend like this. And uh, you, it, the car's been on tour for quite a while now. This isn't the first debut of this car. It's actually been going for the, for the full year. And it's neat to see it come full circle right here to SEMA, where all the plans that started with that and working with them. But, you know, what a great group of people. And talk about your experience working with the Shell folks and the HVA, because uh, without them... You know, it's hard to it's hard to go out and, and document a car like this. Oh, absolutely. Right? Yeah. Being a one of one. Uh, of course, there's another one, a, a part of another one. But with this being one of one, 98 percent original. Yeah. The cone of silence kind of going into this before January uh, with the HVA, with Diane, with Mark, with all of them. And then Mark and Diane talking about Nancy and Shell and everybody. And and, you know, you vet people and you go, you know, Mark and Diane, amazing people. And then Diane goes, I can't wait for you to meet Nancy. And then, you know, you can bring Nancy into the cone of silence. And she's not going to tell anybody because she believes in the family and what this car represents. And that, for me, is with Shell, bringing it here, knowing a year and a half ago I was going to be at SEMA 2018 with Shell. And being here at this booth two years ago, knowing I was going to be here in two years, it's just been, I knew where the road was taking me. And it's just been surreal the whole time. And, and the Shell team has been amazing. HVA, obviously, has just been amazing. I couldn't have done it without them. And... Uh, I mean, as you see, the car is, is well taken care of. It's very well preserved, that's and, for sure. And it, I couldn't do it without all of them. Absolutely not. That's a wrap for our day one from SEMA 2018 on the Shell Pioneering Performance Live Stage. Skidmark Show has another episode launching right away from day two at SEMA. Make sure to share Skidmark Show with your friends. Give us a five-star review everywhere you can. Download us at SoundCloud, Podbean, CastBox, iTunes, of course, SkidmarkShow.com. Watch our Facebook page and Instagram for all up, for all the updates on Skidmark Show. The next episode is ready for you now. Skidmark Show, it's your favorite one-night stand. With no walk of shame the day after. Stream us, download us, like us, share us, and give us five-star reviews everywhere you go. Skidmark Show. Powered by Pixel.